This edition of the USCC Expo Experience on CannabisRadio.com is brought to you by Regulated Solutions, your partner for producing compliant cannabis and hemp brand events. Learn more at RegulatedSolutions.com. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the USCC Expo Experience. Featuring one-on-one interviews with speakers, exhibitors, and attendees from the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. And now, the USCC Expo Experience, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo coverage here on CannabisRadio.com, otherwise known as the USCC Expo Experience. We're here with one of our keynote presenters uh, here at the program, here at our, at our event. Dr. Richard Boxer, I don't even have to give an introduction. Thanks for being here on Cannabis Radio. We're so glad to have you. Well, you're very welcome, and believe me, it's my pleasure to be with you and at, at the conference. Thank you. I mean, let me say, our, our lead organizer, uh, Darren Babin, gave such a, such a, a thrilling and such a uh, insightful bio about yourself that uh, really, you've been recognized by so many different areas, you, UCLA, uh, being known very uh, a pillar in Miami, Los Angeles, and for a lot of what you've been known for, and being a part of the cannabis industry, being a real focal point, a real role model, and a leader in the industry, uh, talk to me about just the the reactions you get to the people that are uh, in your circles, uh, you know, that might not be in the business, but they're curious at least. Well, I think that that's the best word is curious. My I came from um, cl- clinical medicine. I still am in clinical medicine. Still seeing patients every week uh, but the what stimulated me to get involved and interested in cannabis was that I had a patient who had unfortunately cancer of the kidney that had spread to his bones and it was unremitting pain opioids didn't touch it and he was miserable and so he went to, this is about five or six years ago he went to see a, a couple of head shops in Beverly Hills because I was at UCLA in Los Angeles and the, um, and he had a terrible experience. The people that were that were supposed to help did not help in that they were undereducated. They were not they were not malicious. It's just that they didn't know anything about the drug other than try to sell it. And he didn't know anything about it. All he wanted to do is try to get some relief from his misery. He came back to me mm-hmm. and he said, and he is and his wife were angry and they said. Why isn't there a Walgreens or a place that we can go to get cannabis where people are educated, we know about the product, and we get what, what specifically what we want? And so I started on my journey to try to improve cannabis using all the experiences that I have had in working with governors, senators, congressmen, presidents, World Health Organization, just try to take all the influence I had to bring it to bear to allow us as Americans that that there can be education of physicians and patients, but also research and not rely on anecdotes. And that is that people now say, oh, well, it's good for this disease or that disease or this condition. And it's only anecdotal. That is, people only hear about it, it's good, rather than going through the normal process that the FDA insists upon. We have now available to 200 million Americans access to cannabis and there has never been any kind of fundamental good research. I mean it has been rubbed on, smoked, vaped, it has been tinctured, dabbed, 
and every other possible way of, of consuming it eaten, and yet it has never been researched. It is criminal in my mind that it's been that the American public has been prevented by the federal government to learn about this, the benefits or the risks of the disease of the of the of the um, drug. Now, just going to really quick, a quote from the afternoon keynote presentation that you did uh, description for. You made the point, and I want to just make sure I'm going to let you expand on this. Is the fact that quote. The single greatest responsibility of health professionals is to advocate the, for the government to remove marijuana from Schedule One to allow American researchers to determine the risks and benefits of cannabis. And I really think it's just a matter of, I, I, maybe it's part fear of reality saying, well, we know that cannabis is truly going to help with risks and benefits, and that uh, we know what kind of uh, industries will be affected by it, and they, they're going to be negatively affected by it, and it's almost like a cure for cancer. I mean, just the idea that you know, there's money to be made, but then again, we need to heal people. We need to help people that are in pain that really need the help. Well, I certainly agree that the federal government is preventing the knowledge to, and what harm is there in knowledge? I can't understand if they, why the politics are such that the, that the clinicians cannot discover, learn about if there is any value to this product, this chemical, this drug or not I, I don't I can't imagine knowing about the benefits and risks of being anything but valuable to Americans it just it boggles my mind and so I, I continue to to plead with Congress and and in the states that there be some kind of release so that we our great universities, can study the, the drug and not be a fear of losing grant money because it is federally illegal. Exactly. Now, the other thing I got to do is that it's also been a lot of things. When I, when I look at what the FDA is doing right now with the hemp bill and the fact that, you know, now the FDA is being sued because of the fact that just to do research on cannabis, just to get the actual plant to be used and harvested and to be able to access it so you can use it for you know, for research. It's been such a hard problem to have, and I don't see any resolution in sight. Well, there there are bills that go through, and in my mind, I believe that cannabis will be federally legal in four to six years. The Democratic candidates and even Donald Trump right. are saying, effectively saying, that we're going to go along with what the people want. 62% of people in the United States believe it should be legalized, and with that we should go forth and get it legalized so that we can we can study it. And I think the most important thing too is uh, to consider that more awareness is be out there. We have to have the right people on the front lines to make sure that we can properly educate those out there. Final question for you for Dr. Boxer. I wanted to know if the States Act, which is a bipartisan bill, Cory Gardner, Elizabeth Warren are the writers of this bill. Would you see that being one of the best possible scenarios for legalization in the United States? Well, the States Act, which really gives, um, it, it, it stand, States Act stands for improving the Tenth Amendment, which gives the states the rights to have legalization of marijuana or other anything else without interference of the federal government. That's the Tenth Amendment. The last amendment, and it want, and the states act is trying to expand upon it in order to allow marijuana to be legal. Well, okay, that's great. 
But what has to be happen is that if the States Act gets passed, then the the research act that is for veterans and the research and the research act for non-veterans and the banking act all have to come into play. They all have to be passed so that that people who have marijuana stores do not have to worry about getting hit over the head because it's a cash company and someone's going to rob them or um, veterans have who have fought for this country should be able to have the ability to learn more about cannabis and have access to cannabis and that's a, that's another critical thing that has to happen for our nation to to accept and be knowledgeable about the risks and benefits of the of the plant I totally agree and I'm so honestly on behalf of everybody here at the USCCX we're so thankful you gave so much of your generous time to join us and to really give some of your time to also open a platform and a voice for a lot of the doctors you brought on board, Dr. Weiner, Dr. King, uh, Dr. Timmer. I really do appreciate all of that. Uh, talk to me again about um, some of the people that you brought on board and what they contributed to the presentations that you had. Well, thank you very much. They, they are very generous in their time. One of the, you know, I, 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 it's, a, it, it's not more, it's it's more than a journey for me. It's a, it's a bit of a, a cause because I think that there are advantages to be for patients. That's why um, I've, I've succeeded in, in all the things that I've done on a national basis is because I think of the patient first. I personally have been a patient and I've had um, three different malignancies and because of the research done at pharmaceutical companies and at the NIH, and for people who have done clinical trials and had all the courage to go through these processes, I think that it's really important that we as a nation, and particularly healthcare professionals, definitely push our, our congressional representatives to allow it to be federally legal and therefore allow us to have, um, ha- have good research done. Well, again, I really do appreciate you making time for us. Again, Dr. Richard Boxer, thank you so much for joining for the state of Florida and for all of us in the community. We owe you a gratitude. Well, you're very kind, and anytime, I'm always available to help um, anyone get educated, both physicians and patients. Thank you. All right, God bless. Thanks so much.